You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, hosted by Dr. Heidi. Dr. Heidi has been exactly where you are right now. She's walked through the fire of toxic relationships and has now dedicated her life to help others do the same. Living in a toxic environment can cause the damaging behaviors of others to become normal, leaving you feeling hopeless and desperate. Learning how to recognize the toxic traits and understand why they occur is the key to taking your power back. Now is the time for you to gain your self-worth because you're worth it. Discover who you really are because you're awesome. And realize it's not normal. It's toxic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. This is Dr. Heidi, your toxic relationship awareness and healing specialist. Today on the podcast, I want to talk about a question that I get asked all the time because ultimately this is our goal when we start researching, learning, and diving into what we think may not be normal, okay? How do we deal so other people being toxic does not have to affect us? Okay, we cannot change and we cannot control every situation or its outcome but we can control how we react to it, how we deal with it, and how we allow it to affect us. Okay, sounds super, super simple, right? I remember at one point when somebody told me that, I'm like, yeah, thanks, that that really sheds a lot of light on stuff. But the truth is, no matter how much we wish these people will change, we ask them to change, we hope they will change, we beg them to change, we pray that they'll change, the truth is, The toxic person is going to do what they do and say what they say. We cannot control that. That's what they do. All we can control is how we let their behaviors affect us. Now, that being said, we know that toxic relationships can be anywhere from very mild all the way up to very severe. So when I'm Talking about this, you have to take the severity and the extremeness of the toxic personality you're dealing with into account. Because some of these things you've already tried. Some of these things you tried over and over and over. And sometimes you get to a point where you realize this person at any level in my life is unhealthy for me. That's when you make the decision to remove that person from your life. Okay, but there are many instances where we have to interact with people and we have to keep them in our lives and we can learn how to make the relationship a healthy environment for us when we have to be in it. We've already talked about the motivation behind their behavior. Okay, there's another important thing that I have talked about previously on the podcast, but I want to remind everybody that you need to know that you make sure you remember when you are dealing with this highly motivated behavior. The toxic personality is motivated by the feeling of security in themselves. So highly motivated that they strategically place people in their lives to supply them with the things that they need to feel secure. So when we're talking about this motivation behind their behavior and what they say, we have to keep into account that the unhealthy, the toxic, 
the difficult personality many times uses other people's emotions to get what they need, okay? To get the feeling of control, to get the feeling of power, to get attention. So what does it mean when someone uses another one's emotions to get what they need? Now, I had it mixed up when I was in the middle of it. I thought the definition of emotional abuse was verbal abuse. So yes, yelling and screaming and calling names, but I got used to that. I didn't react anymore. So I, I on the inside felt like I was getting stronger because now all this stuff can happen to me and it doesn't even bother me. Truth is my body was desensitizing me to that pain. You can only handle so much before your body goes, we're going to have to turn down the feeling dial or she's not going to make it. That's when you start feeling numb to your feelings. Okay. So what the emotional abuser does is if they can say or do something that makes you feel happy, that makes you feel sad, that makes you feel upset, that makes you feel angry, that makes you feel fearful, guilty, frustrated, embarrassed, overwhelmed. If they can say or do something that elicits an emotional reaction out of you, they are controlling how we feel just by saying or doing something. All of those words that I just listed, they're all emotions. They're your emotions. You should own them. But the toxic personality learns very early on that if they say or do something that makes you feel a certain way and they can get you to react that certain way or a certain way, they feel in control and they feel power because they are saying or doing something that controls how you're feeling. Example, they say something to hurt your feelings. Okay, we get mad, we get upset. Sad and upset are emotions. They were the cause of that emotional reaction. They feel secure because they got what they needed. Another example, in anger, somebody steps closer to you. You become fearful. Okay, fear is an emotion. They were the cause of that emotional reaction they feel power by making you feel fear, which makes them feel secure. Now, if at first they don't get the reaction that they're seeking, they may yell louder. They may call meaner names. They may step close enough to bump into you. They may throw out more harsh criticisms because they are seeking the emotional reaction so they feel secure by feeling power. So if they don't get it on the first try, they're going to have to try again. People who have been in long-standing or repetitive, difficult relationships have been more or less trained to give an emotional reaction. We give them what they want quickly so that we avoid something more aggressive happening. Now, a couple podcasts ago, I talked about how the toxic personality is targeting a certain type of personality. Okay. The kind, the caring, the giving, the loving, the helpers, the fixers, the supporters, the conflict avoiders. That personality that I just described is very emotionally wired. We're in tune with other people's feelings, usually very empathetic. Worry more about others than we worry about ourselves. We are the people people. A lot of us are in service-oriented industries, working with the public to fix problems, to help out, to support, to make things better, to make people feel better. That's how we feel good about ourselves. 
the difficult personality, their drive to target this demographic goes along with their drive to control another's emotions. Someone who is driven to be fulfilled by helping, fixing, caring, supporting is going to give all they can because that's what they do. When the difficult personality asks, we deliver, we help, we support, we fix, we care. We do all we can for others because that's how we're programmed. We're also programmed to avoid conflict, to put out fires, to keep the peace. We don't usually like high, intense, stressful situations between people. We like it calm. We like everybody happy. We like it peaceful and we'll bend over backwards to keep it that way. The toxic personality will use that to their advantage. They use the personality and the emotional side of another to get their need for control met. The most popular episode of my podcast is entitled, Are You a Stick Fetcher? So if you haven't gone and listened to that one, people seem to like it. Okay. In the podcast, I talk about how we train a dog to fetch sticks. It's repetition and reprimand. We throw the stick. The dog doesn't get it. We go get the stick. We go get the dog. We throw it again. The dog doesn't get it. We go get the stick. We go get the dog. But all of a sudden, we throw the stick and the dog goes and gets the stick and brings it back. And when the dog brings it back to us, what do we do? We pet it and we give it a treat and we're all excited. So eventually the dog's going to go, oh, I get it. She throws the stick. I go get it. I bring it back, I get petted, I get a treat, and then she throws it again. This is so fun, I totally have it. Once the dog is trained to fetch a stick, he doesn't care who's throwing the stick. The difficult personality does the same thing. When they say or do something seeking a reaction, the people in their life jump up, support, fix, help, care, however we can to avoid conflict and reprimand. Sadly, once we are trained to fetch sticks, we don't care who's throwing them. We get so used to jumping up and fixing that we wear ourselves out trying to please and be all things to all people. And I got it. We'll keep the peace and I'll fix it. And I can do everything perfect. And I'm organized and I can handle this. So the tactics I covered in the last podcast, those are the sticks that the toxic personality throws to get us to react. Things like criticism, fear, denying, not taking responsibility, blaming. Those are all things that stir the pot. They disrupt the peace. They cause conflict. And what do we do? We jump up and we fix what we can. We repair what we can. We give them what they want. We put out all the fires we can find in hopes to regain the feeling of peace amongst all the chaos and conflict. And for a minute, things settle down. And for a minute, we feel peace, just like the dog does when he gets petted and gets a treat. But the times of peace do not last very long because peace does not give the toxic person the feeling of security. They're not feeling power. They're not feeling control. They're not getting attention when it's peaceful. So what do they do? They throw another stick. We do the same thing we did before for that little minute of peace. We jump up, we fix things, we put fires out, we sugarcoat everything so everybody's okay. So your difficult or your toxic personality through repetition and reprimand, 
trains the people in their lives to fetch the sticks that get them what they need. They train us to give a reaction so they get what they need so we don't get reprimanded. And when I say reprimanded, it can be causing a fight, being in trouble, disappointing them, making things worse than they already are, getting the silent treatment. We want to avoid all those things. So we learned, give them what they want. So how do you deal with the difficult people so that their actions don't affect us? Okay, again, remember, there's all different levels of toxic relationship. There's all different levels of the toxic personality. So some of these are going to work for you. Some of these you've tried 12 times already and they don't work. But how do we deal with them? We stop fetching their sticks. If you are in their life, you are in their life because you are supplying them with one or more of the things that they need to feel secure in themselves. If you were not, you would not be in their life at any significant level. They need those things to survive. So if you are not giving them, they are going to have to go get them from somewhere else. Now, here's another thing that this type of personality finds difficult. Okay. We don't want to cause conflict. We don't want to hurt feelings. We don't want to be the bad guy. We don't want it to be our fault. We don't any, want anybody to think bad of us. And I totally understand that. I spent 15 years in a relationship that about emotionally destroyed me for all those same reasons. But the longer I stayed, the harder it was for me to break the patterns and choose myself and free myself from somebody else's control. Now, today I, I'm a completely different person. I've learned to invest in the relationships that invest in me back. And I am an emotionally wired person, which means I invest in the people who emotionally invest in me back. I talked about this last time. I invite everybody into my inner circle. That's how I used to be. Everybody come in. I'm friends with everybody. I can help. I can support. I'll fix. I'm like, I'll be all things to all people. And when you are in here, you're going to know that I'm on your team because I'll do everything I can to make your life better. I'll light myself on fire to keep my inner circle warm. Okay. Now I'm trying to kick everybody out. You know, I used to walk into a room and hope there would be somebody in there that would like me. Hoping that I would be accepted. Hoping I would be good enough to be associated with these people. And then I was disappointed when I wasn't. I was disappointed when I didn't feel like I fit in. I was disappointed when I felt that uncomfortable, tense feeling. Now I walk into a room and I hope there's somebody in there that I'm going to like. And if I don't, that is totally okay with me because those aren't the people that are supposed to be in my inner circle anyway. I'm very, very picky. And I have learned to be okay with that because when I'm picky, I'm safe and I'm in control. The toxic personality does not invest back. In fact, the toxic personality is so driven by their need for what they need. There is very little emotion that the toxic personality can even handle. They are in relationships for one thing and for one thing only. The good news is you get to decide if you're going to participate in that or not. And you get to decide at what level you want to participate in that. So now you're asking, okay, fine. How do I do this? Okay. They want emotion. They want a reaction. We take it out. Now in therapy, they use the word gray rock. Okay. That's a term that's described is having a conversation with speaking only in facts, being very boring, not revealing any personal information, 
keeping all of the emotion out. Very superficial conversation is what gray rock is. That's how you start incorporating the taking the emotion out aspect when you have conversations with people who you may feel uncomfortable around. Just a few tips. Avoid touchy subjects. Okay. I find politics, religion, family holiday planning. Those can be touchy subjects. There's a lot of touchy subjects that, you know, every time I step on this subject, we have conflict or my peace goes away. I learned a long time ago, nobody knows when you have to use the restroom. So when a touchy subject comes up, ta-da, you can disappear. Nobody knows when you get a phone call. Nobody knows if there's somebody at your door. Avoid the touchy subjects because that is going to make you feel more in control, not let emotion get into the conversation, and you're going to keep yourself safe. Have no or little contact as you can, okay? They want a reaction, and they know that by contact with you, they can get one. We're emotional people. All they have to do is say or do the right thing to get us to react. So by going as little or no contact as you can, you will be in control and you will feel much safer. Now, there is situations out there where you cannot go completely no contact. Co-parenting, for instance, is one. I teach people how to co-parent so that the opposite personality does not affect them. Okay. We are trained to think we have to respond to every text and trained to think we have to reply or we're going to be in trouble or they're going to take us back to court. Okay. It's way easier than you think it is. Don't feel the need to explain and defend yourself all the time. They are expecting you to do that, which almost always ends up with an emotional reaction. When you're explaining and defending yourself, they immediately feel powerful. They use phrases like, instead, try to use phrases like, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. That phrase sometimes works, sometimes can backfire. How about, it's not what's best for me. I'm sorry my calendar's already full that week. Oh, I never thought about it like that. That's your opinion, but it's not the way I see it. Okay, you are not causing any interaction by using phrases like that. But when you try to explain and defend yourself, immediately there's going to be conflict or heated conversation or a tit for tat type situation. Don't give them any of your personal information. They love to use it against you when they are not feeling in control. They always want to know the secret. They always want to know who you're dating. They want to know what's going on in your life. They want to know where you got the money to spend up to spend. That's not any, that's not any of their business. And when you know that you're dealing with a personality that likes to throw those things in your face and use those things against you, we don't tell them any of that. If it comes through a text, something about the kids and then what your plans are for the weekend, you answer the something about your kids and you pretend you didn't see the what are your plans for the weekend. Avoid texting if you're in a situation that you can. Okay. The reason I have you avoid texting, we check our phones 8,652 times a day. Okay. One of the things the toxic personality is craving is attention. All they have to do is send you a text. Their name pops up on your phone. Where is your attention? It's not only on them. Now you have that tension in your stomach going, oh, what do they want? What's this going to say? Now I'm going to be in trouble. Now I have to reply. Okay. Avoid texting. If you're in a situation where you can just say, we're only going to communicate through email 
moving forward, then you can be in the right mindset before you check the email. You can already say to yourself, okay, I'm guessing this is going to say this, this, and this. I'm going to respond to this and this, but if it says this, I'm not responding. I'll check my email at seven in the morning and I'll check my email seven at night. I will reply to anything that needs to be replied to then. Change the way they're programmed in your phone. Okay. Changing the way they're programmed in your phone and how they've been programmed in your phone for years and years and years is going to take that visual connection to your body's response away. Because immediately you see the name in, in the phone, which you have been threatened by and has caused very anxious feelings and you have been worried about for the last 20 years. Change the way they're programmed, change the way the name is spelled, put an emoji in front of it, use their last name. So that visual, that first vision of when they do text you, the immediate response isn't, ah! because it's gonna take that body's natural reaction mechanism away. I always have to say, if you're divorcing and you have kids, your kids look at your phone, so be picky about what you change their name to. If you can meet over the phone or over Zoom, say in a work situation, um, I suggest you do that because that is a lot less intimidating, a lot less anxious causing than having to meet in person. This last year has proven most meetings can be done over the phone or over video. It just keeps you safer and it makes you feel a little more in control. <clears throat> Avoid eye contact when you can. They teach us that eye contact is self-confidence. Make eye contact when you want to look confident. But there are certain people that when you make eye con contact with, it steals all your confidence just by the way they look at you. Okay, back to you check your phone 8,652 times a day. Nobody even thinks about it anymore when someone's talking to them and somebody else checks their phone. That's a good way to avoid eye contact. Look past them. Pretend you're looking for something in your purse. But if it keeps you safe, avoid eye contact. Always evaluate what's coming through. Evaluate the questions that need to be answered or things that need to be addressed. And anything else, they are fishing for information. So if you get a long list of questions, go through them. This needs to be answered. This needs to be answered. That's none of their business. Okay. Only discuss the things you're obligated to discuss. The kids, work, business, finances, the house sale, etc. Anything outside of those parameters is them either looking for an emotional reaction or looking for something that they can use to get an emotional reaction later. Always answer in short direct replies. Now, sometimes when I tell clients answer in a short direct reply, they use four sentences. <clears throat> when I say short direct reply, I mean, yes, no, six o'clock, Saturday. I even have people that use the thumbs up and the thumb down emoji or the check mark or the okay sign, but the okay sign can be a little sarcastic and you want to keep emotion out. So you don't send the smiley face and you don't send the angry swearing face. You send the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Now, the toxic personality is going to notice very quickly when you pull emotion out. So be prepared for the volume to go up. You might get another a nasty text. And, and what I tell people is, yes, but then I'm going to get a whole bunch of texts. 
you're going to get a whole bunch of texts anyway. So you can reply and get a whole bunch of texts or you can not reply and get a whole bunch of texts and then not read the whole bunch of texts that you get. Decrease the length of visits. <clears throat> Increase the time between visits. But the bottom line is you get to be in control of how you participate in all of the relationships in your life. Three tips to keep calm and carry on when there's toxic relationships in your life. Number one. Remember what motivates them to say and do the things they say and do. It is not about you. It never was. No matter how hard they try to convince you, it's about you. It's your fault. You have a problem. You need help. It's about them and their need to feel secure in themselves. Tip number two, you are in control of your emotions. Do not let what someone else says or does affect your emotions. Be very in tune with, is this how I'm really feeling? Is what they're saying the truth? And a great example of this, there's a podcast on it, guilt. The toxic personality learns very quickly that if they can make us feel guilty, they will get exactly what they want. Why? We don't like feeling guilty. So when we feel guilty, all we can think about is getting rid of that feeling of guilt. What is the fastest way to get rid of that feeling of guilt? Give them what they want. So they already know that if they can say or do something to make you feel guilty, they're going to get what they want. Instead, ask yourself, did I really say or do something that I should feel guilty about? If so, we apologize. We make amends. If not, guilt is your emotion. They don't get to tell you when you feel guilty. One of the biggest guilt phrases that I hear out of the toxic relationships as far as um Spousal type relationships. I can't believe you're breaking up our family. After 15 years of mistreatment, they can get you to stay, come back, try again by saying, I can't believe you're breaking up the family. That's when you have to go, okay, I have processed the pros and cons to this. So just because I'm breaking up the family, and I should stay, is that going to make the relationship any better? That is an example of when someone will use guilt to get what they want. Tip number three, do not give them what they're seeking, okay? If you are trying to remove yourself from a toxic person's life, you need to stop feeding them with what they're after. Living, working, and being in toxic environments not only affects your life within that relationship, but it spills over into all the other relationships in your life. If you have a stressful, toxic work environment, you are not going to be the loving, attentive parent and spouse when you go home at night. If you have a stressful home life and you're living with a toxic spouse, your productivity, your focus, and your interactions at work are not gonna be 100%. It spills over into your parenting. It spills over into your social life. It spills over into your family life. You deserve to be happy and fulfilled in your life. No one was put on this planet to be used for what someone else needs. So remember this, you cannot calm the storm, so quit trying, but you can calm yourself and the storm will pass. 
Thank you for listening and sharing this podcast with others. Looking for a community that understands? Join our Facebook support group, Strength Within. For more information on all the services Dr. Heidi provides, please visit www.coachingwithdrheidi.com. It's time for you to break free because it's not normal. It's toxic.